Today's episode is sponsored by an upcoming movie called If. We don't go to the theater a lot as a family, mostly because it's tough to find a movie we're all going to like, but If is one of those movies. It comes out in theaters May 17th. I saw the trailer the other day, and we ended up watching the trailer multiple times to check out all the different imaginary friends that are in it. Some of them are what you would think an imaginary friend would be like, a nice-looking monster, kind of. But other ones are so random, like this one that's a knight and one's a dragon and one is just a banana. And it gets wilder, too, but I'm not going to spoil it all for you. The movie is about this girl who can see imaginary friends, and she goes on this magical adventure to reconnect forgotten imaginary friends with their kids. I know me and my kids are going to enjoy going to the theater for this one, and the cast has tons of our favorite performers like Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Maya Rudolph, Matt Damon, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Emily Blunt. John Krasinski wrote the movie inspired by his own kids' imagination to be funny and exciting for all ages. It looks like a real slam dunk. The movie If releases in theaters May 17th, and we are totally going, so check it out. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Kid Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. Before we get started today, I want you to listen to this awesome promo for a podcast called Ben and Sophie, Woby's Secret. It's really cool. Me and my kids love it. Check this out. Hello? Is anybody here? What is this? Two kids, a robot, and a missing professor. (gasps) I think this is it. The big lab is right over there. My home. Sometimes it's hard to believe you're a robot. You humans amaze me. Listen to Ben and Sophie. Wobie's Secret on SpokenMovieProject.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a really fun podcast. You should check out Ben and Sophie. Wobie's Secret. Now on to some shout-outs. Ezra, Eliana, Leo, and Lucas are a family of tree beasts from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Never fear, Oklahoma, they are good tree beasts. Thanks for listening, tree beast family. Brayley and Caden are two young ninjas learning new moves and battling cave trolls. Brayley and Caden share some awesome drawings as well. Thanks for those drawings and thanks for listening, you two. Tino, Artemisia, and Raffaella are three friendly pirates who sail the high seas helping out wherever they can. Thanks for listening, you three, and enjoy your summer there in Melbourne. Amelia from Montreal is a kitty cat dragon who really enjoys the podcast. Thanks for listening, Amelia, and thanks for your drawing. Maddie just became a patron, and I'm super excited about that. Thanks for joining, Maddie, and I hope you enjoy all the extra stories. Now. Today's story is titled, The Purple Potion. This episode features Arlo and Goose. If you will recall, Arlo and Goose are both best friends and powerful spellcasters currently learning at the Academy. So now we join them as they learn the details of a life-changing quest they are soon to embark on. It was another beautiful day at the Academy. Some kids were in classes, some kids were on breaks. Others were learning physical skills in the outdoor obstacle courses. As usual, the academy was full of young minds growing and learning. Arlo and Goose were outside practicing at the archery range. Arlo was like a cross between a dragon and a human. 
He descended from a long-lost type of dragon people. In some places, it would be a bit strange to see a dragon kid practicing his archery, but not here at the academy. Chewie the dog ran up to Arlo and began pawing at him excitedly. Arlo noticed a note in the dog's mouth. What do you got there, boy? he asked Arlo. He reached down and Chewie dropped the note into his hand. It was covered in slobber. Ew, said Arlo as he opened the letter, dog slobber dripping onto the ground. The letter read, Arlo and Goose, please report to Professor Pilsen's office at once. Uh-oh, said Arlo. It's from Pilsen. Are, are we in trouble? What'd you do? What did I do? said Goose. I didn't do anything. What did you do? Anyway, come on, let's go. And the two students ran into the academy, wondering why they were being called into Pilsen's office so urgently. Goose and Arlo were very powerful spellcasters, but they were still kids and still got into mischief every now and again. Thank you for coming so quickly, gentlemen, began Pilsen as the boys entered his office. This is a matter of utmost importance. Have a seat. The two boys sat down, wondering what this was all about. You're both being sent on an important mission. The Red Cloak Wizard Tribe has amassed too many dangerous magical artifacts, and something must be done. Are we leading a full-scale assault? asked Goose. Sh should I prepare the other students? No. A full-scale assault is too dangerous. Just because you're both very powerful doesn't mean you should go around picking fights with every bad guy in the valley. I want you to sneak into their compound and take all of their magical artifacts, continued Pilsen. They have been stealing items of terrible power, and even they don't know how to use them. Once they begin using these artifacts, it could spell the end of the valley. Professor Pilsen then placed a map on the desk and the two boys leaned over it. They saw that the map marked the location of the Red Cloak's camp, just within the southern swamps, and it marked the location of the building where the magical artifacts were being kept. Oh, said Arlo. Okay. We thought we were in trouble for a second there. Hmm. Are you comfortable with this adventure, boys? Pilsen and everyone else knew the history of Goose and Arlo. They were both once members of the Red Cloak Wizard tribe when they were children, before they really understood how dangerous the Red Cloaks were. Goose escaped from the Red Cloaks, and then the Valley Town ninjas helped him rescue Arlo. Totally, said Goose. I've already got the perfect idea. Tunnels. We tunnel right under that building. That is the perfect idea, said Arlo. I've always wanted to try a good tunnel job. Gentlemen, I implore you to take this very seriously. And please do not use any of the artifacts found in the possession of the Red Cloaks. Some are more powerful and mysterious than even I have ever seen. They should not be used until we have time to study them. Sure thing, Professor. We'll leave right away, said Arlo. Goose grabbed the map from the desk, and the two academy students ran off to pack their adventure bags. Before the end of the day, they reached the edge of the southern swamps. It was getting dark, and they decided to camp for the night. They woke early in the morning, and after studying the map, they snuck into the southern swamps. As we all know, the southern swamps is an incredibly dangerous place. Arlo and Goose crept among the trees, careful not to make a sound. They expected the Red Cloak camp to be heavily guarded by powerful wizards and witches. 
and it was. They made sure not to get too close. From a distance, they saw guards patrolling the small town where all the red cloaks lived. The guards all wore long cloaks of deep red, with hoods pulled up over their heads so their faces were hidden. Most held magic wands and staffs. Arlo and Goose also saw the building where all the magical artifacts were kept. They figured the building was locked up tight and heavily guarded, so a tunnel was the best bet. All right, whispered Arlo. I say we start digging. From here, it's a straight shot to the building. Sounds good, replied Goose. They pulled small, sturdy shovels from their adventure packs and began digging in the soft earth of the southern swamps. It took hours and hours, but they had finally dug a long, skinny tunnel. The tunnel reached all the way into town and directly beneath the building. Arlo and Goose dug up from the tunnel until they were beneath the hard floor of the building. It was dark in their tunnel, but Arlo cast a simple light from his magic staff to brighten things up. Okay, I think this floor is pretty sturdy, but I can melt it easy, said Goose. Goose held his staff up to the floor above them, and a bright beam of light shot from it. The beam shined on the floor above them, melting it. The floor just dripped down the sides of the tunnel they had dug, and soon there was a hole leading up from their tunnel and into this huge, dark building. Goose and Arlo climbed up and into the building. The room they climbed into was very dark. No one was in the room. There were no windows in the room. In the middle of the room was a long table, and on the long table was a collection of items. There were ten to fifteen different things, little shiny boxes, leather pouches, jars of powder and potions, little trinkets made from metal and wood, and some jewelry. Arlo and Goose didn't know what any of these things really were, but Professor Pilsen said they were all very powerful things, and so Arlo and Goose treated them as such. Without saying a word and without making a sound, Arlo and Goose began placing these magical artifacts into their bags. Soon they would have everything packed up and they could escape back through their tunnel and be back at the academy in no time. But, of course, these missions are rarely so simple. Before the boys could finish bagging up all the gear, a door opened up across the room, casting light into the darkness. Two red cloak wizards entered the room, each one carrying an end of a long box that was too heavy for just one to carry. Arlo and Goose froze. One of the red cloaks saw them and dropped his end of the box. It hit the ground with a loud boom, and the other red cloak then dropped his end of the box and the whole thing smashed open, spilling gemstones all over the floor. Intruders! One of the wizards yelled. Intruders! One wizard turned and ran out the door before Arlo and Goose could react. The other wizard, who had just dropped the box, reached into his heavy red cloak and pulled out a staff. But Goose revealed his staff first and pointed it at the wizard. The red cloak was suddenly lifted into the air. He was so surprised at this that he dropped his magic staff. Goose flicked his staff to the side, and his magic flung the red cloak right out the door. Goose ran to the door and closed it. He used his magical staff to blast ice all around the door so that it was frozen in place and could not be opened easily from the other side. Quick, let's finish filling those bags and we can escape through the tunnel, said Goose. The two young wizards filled their bags and climbed back down into the tunnel to begin crawling away. Arlo didn't bother lighting up the tunnel with his magic, but soon they saw light cast into the tunnel. 
Before them, crawling right to them, were more red cloaks. They heard yelling and shouting. They realized that the red cloak who got away shouting about intruders must have noticed their tunnel. So they knew to look for a tunnel opening somewhere out in the southern swamps near town. They found the tunnel opening, said Arlo. Go back! Go back into the room! We'll figure out an escape there. So the two wizards scurried back into the large, dark room. The ice around the door was beginning to melt. The wizards on the other side are probably using fire spells to melt the ice. And the others in the tunnel will be here soon. What do we do? said Goose. Arlo and Goose knew that they stood no chance of escaping or fighting off the entire Red Cloak wizard tribe. They were trapped. Arlo reached into one of the bags that they had stuffed with magical artifacts. He pulled out two small glass vials filled with purple liquid and handed one to Goose. The liquid glowed faintly and seemed to sparkle as if it had glitter in it. On the side of each glass vial were the words, Dragon Power. What? You think we should drink these? asked Goose. We don't even know what they do. But we know that they're full of magical power. Maybe even enough to get us out of this mess, said Arlo. I know what Pilsen said. These artifacts are very dangerous. But we cannot face the entire Red Cloak Wizard tribe without, without something. Goose thought for a moment and he knew that Arlo was right. There was no good way out of this mess. But there was a better way. Goose popped the cork on his glass vial and drank it down. Arlo did the same. The liquid didn't really taste like anything much at all, but it felt. They felt its heat as it slid down their throats, and they felt it in their bellies. Nothing happened right away. Arlo and Goose just kind of stood in the middle of the room waiting to feel what was going to happen next. They heard the pounding on the other side of the frozen door. They saw faint light shining up from the tunnel. Soon the red cloaks would be on them from both sides. And then they began to feel it. They began to feel like dragons. Purple lights swirled around Arlo and Goose. The boys began to grow and change. They were becoming dragons, and they knew it. They could feel it. Arlo already had scales all over his body and a dragon-like head and tail. But he grew into an impossible size and took a shape just like a dragon and nothing at all like a human. Dragon scales began to cover Goose's entire body and a tail sprouted and grew long, and his human head stretched and changed until it was that of a dragon. They grew so big they filled the room. Wings sprouted from their backs, and they felt fire in their throats. Soon they were too big to fit in the room. They used their huge dragon claws to smash the walls to pieces. Their tails whipped through the air, and the building exploded into a pile of bricks. The red cloak wizards who were trying to get into the building were now running away into the southern swamps. They were not going to try and fight off two huge dragons. Arlo and Goose had now completely transformed into giant dragons, bigger than any building there in the small town of the red cloak wizards, and they looked down at the red cloaks far below. The wizards looked small as they scattered away in all directions, running from the terrifying surprise of two huge dragons. Arlo and Goose used their claws to carefully pick up the bags filled with artifacts, and they lifted off into the air with their massive wings. They began their flight back to the academy, 
hoping they wouldn't be attacked on sight, and hoping that Professor Pilsen knew of a way to turn them back into humans. The end. Thanks for listening, everyone. Now on to some awesome shout-outs. Cora from Sweden has sent in some awesome drawings that you really must check out. Thanks for those drawings, Cora. You're awesome. Eshel Dash from Washington, D.C. is a big fan of the show. Thanks for your drawing, Eshel. You're awesome. Garrett tells me that he is a powerful wizard and he has an army of puppies and pigs. That's fascinating, Garrett. You're awesome. And Charlotte from Cincinnati, Ohio, says that her favorite character is Master Momo, and she sent in a super drawing. You're awesome, Charlotte. You can look at everyone's drawings at kidstoriespodcast.com. You can send in your own drawings to kidstoriespodcast at gmail.com. And you can find even more stories at patreon.com forward slash kidstoriespodcast. Adios.